Hello everybody and welcome back to Goldbridge Saves Football. Happy New Year, it's 2024 and we've got loads to discuss. Liverpool are back, Arteta and our new Premier League predictions halfway through the season. Happy New Year, Will. You're happy as well. You're happy someone's been sacked. Yeah, ding dong, Wayne Rooney's gone. Um, very happy with that. The New Year started off in a great way. It just didn't work out. We'll probably delve into it in Pratt of the Week. But I've got a big smile on my face, feeling a little bit ropey. Um, but I'm ready to fire some big opinions and big shots right in your face. Well, we're really excited. It's uh, it's 2024 and we've already got some big stuff planned for the podcast anyway. So you ultras who've been here at the start or any new ones coming in, you will feel more part of it when it hits over the next few weeks. All I've got to say is bigger, better and visual. But uh, let's uh, let's fly into the show. Um, look, I'm excited to do the Premier League predictions. Uh, we've got a new name for the, we're just going to call it Footballer Guess Who Will. I think it works. You know, yeah, yeah. I think it works. I, I, and I've got a cracker this week. I nearly said the name of the person, which I'd, I'd, I'd really be angry with myself because I, I put a lot of work into it. But uh, we've got Pratt of the Week and we've got a few either-ors, which I'm really excited. I mean, the, uh, to be honest, I nicked them off uh, the watch-along for Liverpool-Newcastle. Um Saka versus Son, Nunez versus Jackson. So we'll do those in a little bit. But um, let's talk about the Premier League, a, a little bit topical stuff. Um, we're going to start off, uh, well, we're going to talk about Liverpool. Uh, this is a, a, sta a statement that uh, sort of lived with them for quite a while because they get positive VAR decisions. Um, I did a video on That's Football about this. Um, so I want to get your thoughts, Will. I mean... Liverpool are back. I mean, they're, they're top of their league, and I just I tell you what I think's back. Um, Liverpool hate, uh, which I would I would I would uh, as a Man United fan at the moment, I'd love people to be slagging us off about VAR if I was top of the league. I tell you that for free. Well, it's the mark of being that you know at the top of the tree, isn't it? Like you mm. said, I think in terms of Liverpool, I mean, if we're being um, if we go back on this podcast to what we've spoke about, I think Manchester City probably have been the most fortunate with VAR. Liverpool, ultimately, this season, have had the worst VAR. Went past that, didn't it, with everything that went on with the decision at Tottenham. I think last night, I'm not a big XG fan, you know, I'm not a statophile, but I think when you look into it, what was it, seven XG last night? So they were absolutely purring, roaring. Mo Salah, who for some reason had some criticism a couple of weeks ago, Maybe he's taken that on his shoulders and just absolutely cracked on. He looks in scintillating form. And I think with Liverpool under Jurgen Klopp, the main thing for them when they get to this sort of challenging perspective and they're going for titles and Champions League, Klopp does really well of like, really well of getting that momentum on side. And it just feels yeah. the fans are on side. They're building that momentum. Almost if we are calling them Liverpool, they'll embrace that and use that to fire them up. So I think they're looking pretty good. What about you? Yeah, I mean, we're just going back to Salah. We've said it before, but I think Mo Salah really is the football acid test. And some Liverpool fans don't seem to get it. I was stunned by some reactions after the Man United game, and and even again on social media yesterday when he missed that penalty. That you know, there's just seem, even in the Liverpool fan base, there seems to be this Salah's a fraud uh, thing. It's wider away from the Liverpool fan base, but it's still there. And I'm just like. If you don't appreciate Mo Salah as one of the world's best players, then you really don't get football. And it's not just about numbers, but to have the numbers, you've got to be a top player. But in relation to Liverpool and what you were saying, uh, I think that uh, look, they had 34 shots. This XG thing was seven. I mean, the only thing I would say about the Jota penalty, I thought the Diaz penalty was a penalty. Um, but with both penalties, if they stayed on their feet, they're going to score. Like Diaz stays yeah. on his feet, he's going to score. And if, if Jota stays on his feet, he's going to score. So this whole, oh, they dived. I don't really care. 
I mean, technically, I think Jota did dive, but he's only he's only conning himself if he doesn't get a penalty. He got a penalty, but like you had a goal scoring opportunity. And they should have smashed Newcastle. So what does it really matter? If anything, I think will Liverpool, they're top of the league and they've had the best Christmas when you when we talk about Arsenal in a bit and Newcastle and, and, and maybe Villa. But they they are top of the league, but Man City are still very close if they win that game in hand. And as good as it was a good Christmas for Liverpool, I still don't buy into the whole Liverpool bullshit because... With Keith in our in our chat, actually, give him a shout out. He did. Um, remember, I asked last week for the for the points thing. He said technically Liverpool could have and should have at least another five points. Uh, Man right. City probably should have two less points. Uh, and he said, and that's being generous. Like you could say Liverpool could have an, another nine, and Man City could have another five off. So Liverpool have definitely been been hard done by in relation to VAR. But also, I think on results over Christmas. They should have beat Arsenal and they should have beat Man United. That you know that they should have won both those games. So again, that's not even VAR, is it? So I I think I hate saying it, but what Klopp's done with Liverpool this season, um, I don't think he gets enough credit for. Yeah, and they've had a. I think because of how thick and fast the games are, you have a very sort of tight Christmas period. So to just navigate that period, I'm, we'll have a chat about Spurs later as well. But some, it's the time of the year where some teams thrive and some don't. And and Liverpool have come through it with some big fixtures, some big wins, not losing the games where they've drawn as well. That's what a draw is, uh, if you don't know. Um, and I just think. January for so many teams we've said it from the start of the season when it just sort of was everyone was a bit up in the air fighting for the title January is going to be key like who who makes their move and says like the Premier League title is up for grabs this is mm. our statement signing and we're going to push on yeah and I was asked this question last night about Liverpool and transfers and I said look I don't want them to sign transfers because the players and get even stronger as a United fan but uh, honestly pragmatically and I can be like that on Goldbridge saves football I don't think Liverpool need to sign any players they've got a large collection of players that they need to find out whether they are Liverpool players and it's the perfect time yeah. to do it over the next six months so many midfielders so many attackers I think they've got so many options and um yeah, I think Liverpool are in a good place. But that leads us on to Arsenal. Arteta, I've seen a bit of that. I've seen a bit of that. And uh, they're, they're a team, I think, Will, that definitely has to do um, some business in, in the January window. I don't know how much money they've got. Um, certainly interested to read some of the comments on Spotify, what people think about Liverpool, Liverpool and Arsenal. But the big question I was going to ask, I heard it on the radio this morning, basically writing Arsenal off as uh, title contenders. Um, is that fair after two... Very well, one point from nine over Christmas, two losses in a row to West Ham and Fulham. Yeah, I'm well, obviously, you sang the song, and thank God that's been sort of put in the library for at least 12 months. Who will be top at Christmas? And it ended up being Arsenal. But when mm. we did our sort of interim podcast over Christmas, even when we were talking about it, it just felt a bit like, well, they're top at Christmas, but it just feels they've maybe got a bit of a soft underbelly, and that's sort of shown in the last three games. I watched quite a lot of the Fulham game, and defensively, I mean, I mean, it was summed up by Fulham's second goal, wasn't it? Just absolute chaos in the box, bouncing around. Fulham get their goal. They need a striker. Uh, it's mm. obvious for everyone to see that. So if it is Ivan Tony, I think that that will help. But I just feel overall, under Arteta, he has been successful. But yeah. will he reach that sort of Klopp Pep level? I can't see it personally. It's funny though, and look, I, I, it's 2024. I'm not going to change. The, uh, Goldbridge ain't for changing. And I saw a lot of clips after the uh, West Ham game and again against the Fulham game. And 
these angry Arsenal fans with a microphone in front of their face going, ah, this, that and the other. I just think, you you know, part of me thinks they enjoy it. Part of me thinks, oh, Arsenal have been good for 18 months and we've not been getting our viral clips and there they're back again. And I'm just like, it's it's incredibly um, greedy and, you know, uh, insensitive to the fact that your football club hasn't won the Premier League for 20 years. You've never won the Champions League. And you're talking like, oh, if Arteta wasn't in charge, we'd win the league. No, you bloody well wouldn't. You haven't won it for 20 years. You wouldn't win the bloody league. What Arteta's done in a very short period of time, it took you back to the Champions League, which you don't actually qualify for that often in recent history, and has put you in a title race for the second year in a row. And what's actually happened is these self-privileged Arsenal fans who like gobbing off are gobbing off again, going, Arteta, I'm telling you he's not the guy. They're acting like... They're acting like Newcastle. We're a big club. You're not a big club. You might be a big club, but you're not a big club at the moment. Arsenal fans need to show some... Well, the majority of Arsenal fans are absolutely fine, but there are a vocal minority. You need to show some bloody humility and you're not out of a title race. And actually, I look at your team and I go, you haven't got two very good fullbacks. You haven't got someone to play next to Declan Rice and you haven't got a striker. Well, I'm sorry, you haven't got two top-class fullbacks, you haven't got a number eight, and you haven't got a striker. You're not going to win the league against Man City and Liverpool. You are where you are, third place. I think Arsenal are still a work in progress. Definitely a work in progress. I think you probably, I've done it as a fan as well, you probably get lured into a false sense of success even, obviously when they beat Manchester City and the fact that Manchester City have then gone on to drop more points. You just feel mm. with them being like the leaders and the the runaway title contenders over the last couple of years, like this is our chance. So you almost buy into that, don't you, as a fan and think, right, we need to keep our success going. But obviously with the last two defeats, that's, you know, that's not champions-like. So I'm interested to see what they do January if it is Tony, it will be a, a, an improvement, but I think there's just other areas that's it. that they need to strengthen that squad. That That's the area for me. I mean, I, I look, I, I'm not a big fan of the Havertz signing. I, I, I was joking. It's almost like um, Ten Hag and Arteta. I'd love to know their uh, their flight itinerary for, for June last year because I've got big suspicions that Ten Hag and Arteta had a secret holiday together because they both replaced goalkeepers that fan bases probably didn't want replacing. Um, they both bought Chelsea players that fan base probably were thinking what that's what's that all about and they both play weird midfields where they play two attacking midfielders and lead of a holding midfielder on their own and it asked I don't like this Havertz Odegaard thing at all and, and and I think he needs to move away from that but more importantly they Jesus is in and out of form and in and out of the, the injury room too often you've got Enketia I mean what do you think about Enketia Will because for me he doesn't actually start for many Premier League sides when you think about Solanke at Bournemouth, Calvert-Lewin at Everton, he, and yet he's starting for us. I mean, look, Man City have got Erling Haaland. Liverpool, all right, Nunez, but they've still got Jota, Gakpo, um, Diaz, Salah gets a lot of goals. Arsenal aren't scoring goals and they've got Nketiah as their main guy. I mean, I think it changes overnight if you've got someone who can put in the ball in the back of the net. Just look at Chelsea. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Yeah, well, there was a lot of talk even in the commentary about him being the most natural finisher at Arsenal right now, which is probably a little bit of a worry. Like 19 matches, five goals, three of those I was there for against Sheffield United. So, I mean, that was an easy, easy. I mean, some, they were fantastic goals, some of them. But I think it's as fast as it's been bad for Arsenal, it can almost turn because next two Premier League games are against Crystal Palace and Nottingham Forest, who are a bit on, on a surge, as you well know. Mm. But then they go to Liverpool, which... You know, the Liverpool game that we had before Christmas, we were sort of dealing out as this heavyweight box office match, which it was, ultimately ended in a draw. But when the 4th, 4th of February comes around and yeah. Liverpool travel to the Emirates, it just Even feels bigger. like a different game. I, I just feel like, I don't know, I almost feel like... No Salah as well. It's the 4th of Feb. Yeah. True. I, yeah, I just, yeah. I, I feel like Liverpool should be in control, but this Premier League has gone back and forth. So hopefully it's sort of, we're still got five teams within a three four point gap i just i think the thing that pisses me off and, and as a united fan it shouldn't do but i I just love football that's why we do this I, it just pisses me off the pressure that gets put onto arteta by arsenal fans I, I, you're going to get it from external factors that's that's what the way it works but the pressure they put on a manager who's done so well in such a short period of time if you take man city out of this league and liverpool out of this league arsenal are the best team in the league and I think that's where they are at the moment. I think they overachieved last year. Liverpool have bounced back. So now they're probably the third best team and they're still a work in progress. And I don't rate their fullbacks. Ben White's a good centre-back. I don't think he's a good right-back. Yeah. Shevchenko, um, Sinchenko, sorry. Uh, they could do with Shevchenko up front. Um, Sinchenko at left-back, yeah, not good enough. They've got to put someone next to Declan Rice and they need a striker. And when those four players are there, if they are third, then I think you've got to say maybe Arteta has hit his ceiling, but he's not hit the ceiling yet. Do you think there's even more added pressure? We talk about Manchester City dropping points, but as an Arsenal fan, do you think there's added pressure on Arteta because of how well Villa are doing? Not just because it's Villa, but because of who's in mm. charge. Well, yeah. Also, the fact that, and this is this is amazing, the fact that Spurs are one point behind them as well, that, that will yeah. piss Arsenal fans off. Look, Arsenal are actually having a good season. Uh, Spurs are having an amazing season and so are Villa. Uh, hashtag deal with it. It's um, it's going to be an interesting next few weeks, no doubt. Do you, uh, I think the the one, the sort of elephant in the room, which we've not spoke about for this whole Christmas period is Manchester City. Just, yeah. you know, keep it uh, short. I think the draws have worked in their favour. Kevin De Bruyne is coming back. Erling Haaland should be back soon. It just feels a bit of that inevitability is creeping in where we're getting to January. The best players are back. They're going to be purring. We've been here before. And are we just just going to get what we know is going to come? Well, we're going to do our our reviewed Premier League predictions halfway through the the season. I know we've got our Premier League team of the season so far on, on the Friday one, but I'll give you a spoiler. I mean, I'm still... I was Man City before the season and I was Man City after the season. I mean, I feel like you could uh, you could ask a cat that's not interested in football who's going to win the league and they'd meow Man City. It's it's, it's a boring <laughs> prediction, but they are they're three they're two points off the top when they're game in hand. I, I don't think they've got a game they're going to lose in the Premier League anytime soon either. Kevin De Bruyne is going to come back. They've been there, they've done it. Um that's what I was saying. I mean, in a way, I still feel that when you look over the Christmas period, you look at that handball that should have been given against Odegaard in the Liverpool game. You look at the penalty that should have been given to Villa in the Sheffield United game. Um, there's been plenty of those. I think VAR uh, or PGMOL or officiating, whatever you want to call it, has had an impact in Man City still being in this title race because there are Arsenal, Villa and Liverpool all should have more points. Man City maybe should have less points. The gap should be bigger. I don't think that gap's big enough at the moment. I still think Man City are just ominously there 
and uh yeah it's um they're they're disappointingly boring but they're they're ruthless and you've got to respect it so all season long we've been talking about liverpool arsenal manchester city where do you put the other two obviously villa are second they're only three points off the top tottenham Mm. semi sneaking back in there do you put them two in the title race no, not really. Uh, I think Spurs have done incredibly well to be where they are. I mean, I I never would have said in New Year they'd be uh, a point off Arsenal. I think when they got those injuries to Madison yeah. and Van der Ven and, and then the suspensions to Basuma. But again, I, I'm going to write them off because they're going to lose Son. They're going to lose Basuma. They're going to lose Saar because of the AFCON and the, and the Asia Cup. But Angel probably defy logic and still be within touching distance of fourth place, which which would be great for them. And then with Villa, I watched a lot of them over Christmas and I thought they were very unlucky against Sheffield United. That was just a typical game where decisions don't go your way. You don't get the early goal. Sheffield United, they did well to get a point out of that Villa. But then against United, they were terrible. And I think um, a few Villa fans have, I've spoken to um, over Christmas have said, this is the problem. You know, we're very, very good at home. But away from home, we're not that good. Even the Brentford win, it's only because Ben Mee got sent off. We were losing 1-0. So I think their away form is terrible because of the high line. And I think at home, they're brilliant because of the, the crowd and, and the high line. And I've said this about Spurs and Villa. It's almost like, certainly for Villa, I just wonder if the Emery should play a different way, just be a little bit more pragmatic because United are terrible. But that high line at Old Trafford just played perfect. It's the only way we can play, counter. And Bruno must have been like, it's Christmas because he's just knocking the ball into Rashford behind. and. We we they didn't change it. They should have just gone back twenty meters. So I think Villa's away record will deprive them of a title race. Um, but but the but but if either of them get in the top four, what a season! Incredible. Yeah, and uh, we've spoken about it with Newcastle as well. Like from an Aston Villa perspective, eighteen months ago when Emery came in to be, you know, they were nearly in a relegation battle, managed to get European football for this season, and now to have carried that on, they've had a little bit of a wobble over the festive period, but. Yeah, if they can get top four, which I don't think they will, I think that would be it. Like one of you know, Emery should be up for coach of the year, really. With the, mm. I mean, they have got resources, but to come from where they've come from to get into the even bigger league, if you will, yeah, he should be up there for sure. Well, we, we I spoke about this um, this week. I mean, the, the 2023 is over. So, who would be your manager of 2023? Because for me, over the calendar year, all right, people will say Pep won a treble, but well. Whatever, I, I think Emery, <laughs> uh, Emery over the twenty twenty three, um, with with that Villa side, um, you know, I think Gary Gary O'Neill did well keeping Bournemouth off from what he's done at Wolves as well. I mean, that's a real hipster, uh, but I, yeah, I, th- I think I'd go Emery. Yeah, yeah I mean, d- but is it almost like the sort of balance? You know, Ireland didn't win the Ballon d'Or, he scored fifty. Surely Pep should be winning Coach of the Year, overseeing a treble. And then I know the World Club competition doesn't mean much, but it's still a Still another trophy. I probably would say Pep, but Emery a close second. No, and, and and that's how football should work. You know, Pep would be the obvious choice, but then you'd look at, you know, it's almost like handicaps in golf, isn't it? You know, uh, yeah. Pep's doing it with it's all, like all, Goldbridge, the, all the gear. Yeah, yeah. Get rid of Haaland. Yeah. You, can, you can't have Pep. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, we've done all that. Uh, we're going to do Premier League predictions uh, now, actually. Premier League predictions. Um, so we did this at the start of the season. I, I vaguely remember what I went with. Um, but winner of the Premier League, I've already said, not going to change my mind on that, Will. I'm going to go with uh, Manchester City. They obviously do it so 
well in the second half of the season and unfortunately they are within pouncing difference uh, of Liverpool. Um, Liverpool, we yeah, look, we need Man City to drop some more points again. Yeah, I, well, I think the big one for them is what they do in January. Reports this morning as of recording, linking them with Joshua Kimmich, which would be an unreal signing just to be able to bring in in January. Yeah, they're um, the then, don't they? Yeah, so I just think, yeah, should we just, let's not cut around, let's not bullshit ourselves. Manchester City, you know, win the Premier League. And and top four, would you uh, presumably, I mean, I'd, I'd definitely put Liverpool and Arsenal in there. So for me, it's only who gets the other spot. Yeah, I oh, I think there's, the defeats for Eddie Howe over Christmas have not only obviously been damaging, but quite damning as well in terms of like, what's next for him. We've always said he can sort of bounce back uh, hopefully he does. I would have said them before just because of the the resources for January. But I'm going to stick with my good old mate because we've not spoken about him for a while on a one-to-one basis. So I'm going to say Tottenham to slide in there. Yeah, I think, I think logically Chelsea can't catch up. Man United can't catch up. No. Newcastle can't catch up. It's not going to be West Ham or Brighton. So it's, it's really a toss of the coin between Villa and Spurs. Um, and I think that Villa, with their home form, oh yeah, toss a coin on these two. I'll just go Villa because you went Spurs. I, I think it's going to be really interesting. I, I, I think the great thing is that it will be one of those and, and it will be very exciting for them to be back in the Champions League. Um, I agree with you on Newcastle. Um, I think Newcastle's most significant loss was not that Liverpool one. I think it was that Forest one. The, the, the whole aura of never backing anybody at St. James's Park and then Forrest go and beat them 3-1 and deservedly. I just wonder about the untold damage that causes to Newcastle and their fans mentally because they know it's a fortress and to go and get beat on Boxing Day 3-1 by Forrest, I think it's just popped the bubble a little bit and it'll be interesting to see. I think they'll do stuff in January, but we spoke about this at the start of the season. Will Eddie Howe be here next year? And I've always said... He will be gone at some point the same way that Dan Byrne and Callum Wilson will be gone because they can't be part of the journey to win a title. Um, they'll be part of the journey to to get there, but they won't be the, the final pieces. And uh, Newcastle have got Man City and Villa next in the league. Sunderland in the FA Cup. I mean, their season could be over by the end of January in mid-table, in which case you, you've, got to look at it, the, you've got to look at that. But I think some Newcastle fans will are still enjoying the ride. But I'm telling you now, Stop enjoying the ride and look at the destination. Like your destination with your ownership is to be Man City and you can't be mid-table and out of everything in June, in January. Like you've got to look at that. Yeah, well, and there's an opportunity there, isn't there? To, so to sort of, you know, if you can have a good second half of the season with no European football and just focus on the league and maybe the FA Cup, you've got mm. a good chance. Big shout out to my mate uh, Nick, who's a big fan of the podcast. Huge Newcastle fan, never been to St. James's Park. Boxing day, he was in Bromsgrove in the Midlands. Train strike, had to get his dad to drive him to Gatwick for a 12.30 kickoff. Two-hour drive to Gatwick, flew to Newcastle, spent some good money on some corporate tickets. Got there too late, said he couldn't have a three-course meal and the free bar was closed. Sat down in his seat and saw a 3-1 defeat from Nottingham Forest. Uh, he then arrived on Lads Day uh, to a rupturous reception from us after seeing his side lose and him spending a load of money. So that's football for me, Mark. That's that's at least it's 2024 and you can leave it behind in 2023. Fresh yeah, page. Exactly. Bloody hell. Um, so we've done our top fours. Uh, bottom three, I make no 
apologies for this. I make no changes to this. I'm going to stick with um, Sheffield United, Burnley and Luton. Um, simple reason for this. Luton have predicted that they're going to accumulate a lot of points in the second half of the season. They're confident and I think they may well do it. But I just can't put, I can't see who takes their place. I think that's the big problem for Luton. Everton, Bournemouth, Brentford, Forest. I just think they're all too wily. They're all too wily. They'll, they'll get the points needed and Luton's inexperience will, will take them down. Now, I don't know. I can't remember because obviously I talk a lot of rubbish. If I did say Luton to stay up or I just wanted them to stay up. But my bottom three would be Burnley 20th, Sheffield United 19th, and in 18th, I'm going for Crystal Palace. Hmm. Yeah, again, I just think Crystal Palace with that win at the weekend against Brentford. And Alisi's playing really well at the moment. Ezzy. I just think they've it's got in Brentford too as well. Quality. Five defeats in a row. Yeah, I mean, I think Brentford are a decent shout to throw in there. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be shouting Brentford, Brentford. They might be on the train in in Leeds and people are going, why, why is he shouting Brentford? It's not even a place, I don't think it might be. But um, no, I've, but then you think, well, Thomas Frank is such a good coach. He'd almost relish, relish a relegation battle and get them out of it. And they've got really good players to get them out of it. I mean, and look, I think Brentford, Brentford have had a very good season considering they can't afford to lose Ivan Tony and, and they've been without him. So maybe they cash in on that, get, spend a bit of money. But no, I just think it'll be very hard for them to stay up. Um, yeah. I wonder if um, I wonder if Tony's already done because obviously he's been out. If they know he's going and they're in where they're the position they're at now, like if the deal's already done and like it will happen in the next few days because they'll need to replace him and spend that money, won't they? January the 16th or something like that is when his ban ends. So, or 17th, something like that. That'd be interesting. I, I, I think yeah, also you've got to say big shout out to sort of Wolves and Bournemouth because I had, I think I had Wolves in my 18th spot, but they're 11th, won three on the bounce. Gary O'Neill just keeps on doing it, doesn't he? Well, we'll talk about VAR. I mean, they're 11th. They they probably have been deprived of about top. 40 points. Yeah, they probably would be. Um, actually, just on that, uh, biggest uh, January transfer of the window. Do you think it will be if Antoni's going to go for north 50 million quid, isn't he? Do you think that'll be the biggest one in January? I think that'll be the biggest one, but we've spoken about it so much. I'd be so interested to see what happens with Newcastle and if they sort of do one of these blockbuster loans from Saudi Arabia to, I mean, put so many cat amongst the pigeons in terms of like the legality of it, if it's right. Mm. But when things are going bad and you want success, yeah, and they can do it now. Obviously, it's all been voted for. So Ivan Tony, yeah, number one, but just, you know, if it gets down to deadline day, they've had a few defeats on the row. I'll be keeping an eye on Fabrom on Twitter. I imagine Ronaldo to Newcastle. He might fancy it as well. He's 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 a bit of, as we know, he's a very stubborn, egotistical guy. That's why he's been so successful. Uh, he might just think, you know what? I fancy showing everyone I can still do it in the prem. Um, the the only the only kicker I would say is what are Chelsea looking at? Because Chelsea are capable of spending a, a billion pounds on a player in you know sure. repayments of a pound a week. Yeah. I mean, surely you've got, if you're top bowler, you've got to say, right, fucking hell, I've done enough here. Just everyone, just, you've, you've got the toys, play with them for a bit. If, if in a year's time we need the PS6 when it's coming out, let me know, I'll pop that on pre-order, but just please just have a go with these for now. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, next manager to be sacked, Will. What are your thoughts on this one? Well, it's it's all it's, it's relative, isn't it? It's, it's sort of where your performance is. I'm actually going to go with, and it pains me to say it, but I am going to go for Eddie Howe. I just mm. just feel I, I think because Crystal Palace have committed to Roy Hodgson to the season, so unless that gets absolutely nuclear, that like that he won't go. Eddie Howe, we've said it before, has created his success but ultimately it might be his demise so I don't want to see him go maybe it could be the next England manager and that's another debate but yeah yeah I think it could be Eddie Howe what about you well I I went with Hodgson at the start of the season and then I've looked at I mean that win against Brentford helps out and then I think their next few games I don't really see anything bad I mean Thomas Frank's got the worst uh, form Forrest obviously got rid of their coach there's so many managers that you, you know are safe. It's it's really really difficult to see. Um, I mean, I'm going to go good Vin- in a way though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think it just shows the competitive element of the Premier League. It's that you know so many. Some this, it's very rare that a team loses so many games in a row. I'm just going to say Vincent Company because he should be sacked. Yeah, but I, yeah. It's, mm, well, apparently he be he's sacked. been sort of. Yeah, it's from the owners though, apparently, which, you know, I've had that this season of the sort of style of play. But if you're saying Burnley are going to be bottom three and they're bottom, they're bottom three, five points off relegation, getting out, I don't think that's too under... Well, it is underperforming just because of the amount of goals that they've leaked. I just think they're just sticking with them, trying to do a Norwich and then come back up stronger in two years' time. Yeah, and, and look, I, I, I don't have a problem with that. I think Sheffield United got it wrong getting rid of their manager who did well to get them up and, you know, you, you, the yo-yo thing works because of the parachute payments. My only problem with Burnley is that they're not a, they're not a, a yo-yo team. They were a Premier League club for years. They got relegated. They came yeah. back and they should be, they should have they should have enough know-how to stay up and they're acting like Luton and Sheffield United. So I, I think he's massively underachieved, but I will go with that, yeah. What about, just to touch on them, because they were absolutely flying, but they've had three defeats on the row and are back down near the relegation zone because of the 10 points. What about Everton and your mate Daishi? Yeah, but you had that 10 points on and they're having a really good season, aren't they? So, yeah, I think he's, I think he's doing well. I mean, interestingly, we haven't mentioned Ten Hag, which I don't know whether that's just me in 2024 blanking it out, but oh, oh yeah, I mean, he, he should be a consideration. I mean absolutely no doubt about it I don't think it will happen until the summer but I think that saves him in a way I, th- I think if Ineos weren't coming in and it was the Glazers you'd be saying any day now I think it's the fact that there's new owners coming in on the footballing side they need to review it all probably saves Ten Hag till the summer but uh, the results haven't been good enough Is there I was looking speaking about the Rooney situation which we'll come on to but there was reports that a lot of clubs are doing sort of performance related clauses in terms of manager contracts because there's so much high turnover and Mm. you know clubs are releasing managers and they're getting huge payouts that there's performance related clauses to get them out of that but I can't imagine that would be in 10 hogs um the Champions League qualification I think is always there because that's what did for Moyes 
they waited for that and then right. they got rid of him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't even want to talk about United. This is my escapism and uh, they're just It's your depressing. safe space, this, mate. It's my safe space, yeah. They're, they're just, they're, you know, played well against Villa, deserved to lose against Forest, deserved to lose to West Ham, got smashed by Bournemouth. They're just... They're just so uh, bad at the moment and, 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 un- and unlikable. That's a horrible thing to say. And we've all been there as, as fans. Yeah. Um, you know, we love the club. But when you've got players playing for you that you just don't like, that's a, it's a horrible thing because you love the club and you're like, who are these? Who are these? And uh, I know Arsenal fans had it for years. Liverpool did it as well. And we, we bet we've had it for a while. But just, the, you know. When you see more, when you see Gibbs White at the start of the game doing a bloody huddle saying they don't want this, they don't want this, and you and you're like, he's right, we don't, you know. I'm just like, yeah. fuck it. The, the one thing as a Man United player you should always have is pride in the shirt, and they don't, they don't. But uh, no, I think he survives till the summer. Um, Champions League winner, Europa League winner, boring this, but um, Champions League. Well, I put Champions League nice. winner because obviously doing the rounds was your famous sort of. Uh, maybe I need you to have a couple of cans of Stella and come back yeah. in and do your Champions League prediction because obviously Man United was the one last time. They're that out. That was logical so though. You got at a fresh the time. pick. Uh, Man City. Yeah. Man City. I'm gonna go for Real Madrid and see Jude do a Champions League league and then win the Euros in the summer. Man City could do the treble again. Yeah, I mean, that's sad, isn't it? For, that's sad yeah. for football. It is. It is. And it, it, it is. And actually, going into the new year, I hope I don't mention this too often, but the fact that they've got 115 charges over their head and Everton have already had a 10-point deduction, and obviously the ramifications of this for Man City are huge, but the fact that it can just get locked up in the courts for, for years and they're allowed to carry on playing football, it's just, for me, it's... And I don't blame Man City for it. You know, play the game. I've played the game, but, you know, it's... It's indicative of a of a broken system where they've got all this hanging over them, and yet, you know, just carry on as normal, win trebles. It's it's um, it's 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 not great. Um, should we do some either ors, or should we do? Oh no, it's either ors. Then Pratt of the week. Yeah, yeah, do either ors. Yeah, do either ors. Do you want to start with the ones from? I don't like it when you do this because it feels like you're cheating on me. You and your watch along chat. So who have you got these from this time? I told you it was born on the watch along. Um, so we've got ah, a couple that. of topical ones actually that I wanted to ask you. So uh, first one, Darwin Nunez or Nicholas Jackson? Um, I, there's just something about Darwin Nunez that mm. the more he misses, the more lovable he becomes. Um, you wouldn't say that if you're a Liverpool fan with some of the chances he missed over the Christmas period. But I mean, an awful lot of money spent on him. Um, but I'm going to stick with Darwin Nunez. What about you? Yeah, I think Jackson scored more goals than Darwin Nunez. But look, on the I'm not here for stats. I'm here for on the eye test. And uh, on the eye test, there is just I've always liked Darwin Nunez. I liked him at Benfica. I wanted him to come to Man United. Liverpool got him, and it would be the easiest thing in the world as a United fan to ridicule him and laugh at him and go, "Look at these misses." And I've got to say, it's incredible the amount of misses he made. I mean, even yesterday, I'm watching yeah. it and I'm going, "Oh my god, oh my god!" But there's just I just I know he's not the youngest. I think he's about 24 now, but I still think at some point he's just going to go and everything will click because everything's there. But no, I I definitely go Nunez over over Jackson. I just I just like him as a player. I think Jackson to me just looks a little bit, you know, I don't know. Just, I just don't think he's the the full ticket as a player. I think he's I just don't think he's that good really. Well, he wasn't um, bought in as the sort of main main man either, was he? It's only through injuries that he's played probably so many games. 
And I think that, and I think that's why we'll be proved right about Darwin Nunez because I think he will stay part of the Liverpool first team setup longer than Jackson will at Chelsea if they actually buy a proper striker. Uh, next one was Saka versus Son. Now this was interesting because this was voted for on the That's Football uh, live chat. Eighty-one percent went with Son. Nineteen percent went with Saka. Now recency bias is probably a factor there, which I'm not really a big fan of because it's a bit like saying who's the better goalkeeper, Inanna or Depravka? And everyone would say Depravka, but if you asked them in the summer after the Champions League final, it would be a landslide for Inanna. So recency bias does have a factor, but Son or Saka? It's an interesting one, that, isn't it? Like, uh, with, with Son, it's almost as a just a fan of him, and maybe Spurs can become successful next season and build on what they've done this year, but I'd almost like him to make a Harry Kane-esque move where you could see him at like mm. a Bayern Munich or a, not a PSG, but like at one of those top elite Imagine clubs. Imagine him at Liverpool. Where he, yeah, on the where right. he, yeah, that'd be a Saka yeah, on the where left. He could, so all the way around. And I feel like that's something that, that, that could be done if, I don't know how long he's got on his contract, but I'd just like to see him thrive. I think if I was signing a player today, it'd be Saka just because of the age. I think he's mm. sort of going through that bit of a dip in form, which we see him with the likes of like Trent Alexander-Arnold. Trent Alexander-Arnold where they come into a team so young they're performing so well and there's this inevitable drop off for a bit and he would definitely come through it because he is world class so I would go for Son at this time no I'm mm, either or if I'd sign anyone right today I'd go for Son um I would go with um Son because I've always liked him as that underrated sort of player but I'm a massive fan of Saka. It shouldn't be 81%. I mean, this almost should be 50-50 to me. Uh, I think Saka's, you're right. I think he's just going through a bit of burnout. I mean, there's a lot of expectation on young shoulders. I think since that miss in the Euros final, he just went up a level for two years. And yeah. um, I just think there's a lot of expectation on a player that probably needs other players to share the load a little bit. And I think that's all it is. But yeah, I would go Son on that one. Also, with Saka, he's, he, I was just thinking, is he going to have sort of maybe, you know, with Rashford's career, it feels like it's stagnated and he needs to make the move. But also that is down to the setup that Rashford's in currently. With uh, Saka at Arsenal, they're in a sort of forward moving. Things are going well. He's in a good setup. So I sort of, I don't think that, that will stick with him. Uh, any others? Um, well, I've got a few down here, but we're doing sort of team of this. I've got Arteta or Emery, which we sort of touched on already. I had Rice mm. or Rodri, but that was sort of a team of the season one, which we're going to do Friday. And I had a Langer or Anthony down, but we don't want to really talk about Manchester United. So I feel like those are some good ones there and tie into our team of the season that we do for the Friday episode. Yeah, looking forward to that. If you want to get any early recommendations in in the chat on Spotify... Yes. Uh, please do. We've also got the poll that will be up there. In fact, I think we'll do Arteta Emery as the poll this week for you to vote in on Spotify. I'd be interested to know what your thoughts are. I mean, again, I think recency bias might kick in, so we might change that one. But uh, yeah, let's do uh, Pratt of the Week, the first one of 2024. You're a Pratt, he's a Pratt, she's a Pratt, they're whiny. Now it's time for Pratt of the Week. One, two, three. There we go. It is back. And... um, I suppose you're going to start off with your first one because you, 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 want to, you want to get your blues section in and it's going to be a bigger one here. Well, yeah, no, I was tuning into the United Stand this morning and, and you brought it up on there, gone onto the BBC homepage. It's big news, maybe not because it's Birmingham City, but probably because it's Wayne Rooney sacked after 15 games in charge. It's just been, we've had these new, this new ownership. It's been so good, so nice. They've done everything right in the infrastructure of the club, the way they've worked in the community. Um, and John Eustace, I felt, was like a really good person to lead that forward. 
at the time I was angry, got on board with Wayne Rooney, but sort of almost from day one with, you know, the, the way the fans reacted to it, probably in hindsight, wasn't the greatest being booed after your first home game. But I just think some of the quotes that he's come out with, there seems to be a general feel of arrogance from him of like, I don't know if it's down to this simple point of like, he's probably a better footballer than half the players there or this uh, sort of noose around his neck of having to play this no fear football, which has been dictated from the board. But yeah, it's just, it's not worked. It's not been nice. The way the he got reacted to it leads to sort of the final final straw. I just think he's been saying that he wants to make all these... Well, some of the quotes have been, I want to make... Um, if I could have made 11 substitutions, I'd have done it at half-time. Well, in that game, he didn't make any substitutions at half-time. Uh, in, in the same game, we went we scored a goal to go 3-1. Three, three, he took the top goal scorer off. Constantly spoke about the players not being good enough. I mean, if you're a mm. player at the club, you're basically reading through the lines and going... He thinks I'm shit. Uh, why would you crack on? So I'm glad he's gone. I'm hoping for Steve Cooper next. I don't think we'll get him, but I just want the sort of good aura to come back and everyone to get behind the manager um, and it not be sort of a pick based on friendships and relationships from the past. Flip side to the coin, Wien Rooney has put out a statement. He said, I'd like to uh, say that Will Brazier has been a constant thorn in the side and has influenced this decision. <laughs> he's, he's thanked the people in charge of the football club. He said, football is a results business and I recognise they've not been at the level I wanted. However, time is the most precious commodity as a manager and I do not believe 13 weeks was sufficient to oversee the changes that were needed. Personally, it's going to take some time to get over this. I've been involved in professional football since I was 16. I plan to take some time with the family and prepare for the next opportunity in my journey as a manager. I wish Birmingham all the best. I doubt Rooney wrote that because I don't think he'd use the word commodity. But other than that, I think the sentiment is correct. Um, but yeah, just not, just, not, just not the right job. Not up to the job. The championship is, it will find you out. I think it's a great place for... You know, look at what McKenna and Carrick have done from Man United, where they had a lot of criticism. They've gone and earned their badges, and um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a great job, Birmingham. But I agree with you. I think it reminds me a bit of that Southampton coach who was making it all about him and slagging his players off. And you, you just that's one of the oh biggest, Nathan Jones. You know, yeah, you just you you just can't do that. You just can't do that. So Wayne Rooney is a contender for Pratt of the Week. Who's going to win the first Pratt of the Week? You've got Anthony Taylor, I think, as well. What what are your thoughts on him, Will? What what's he here for this I'm week? Just, I'm a sheet. I've, I think I've got it right. Was he in charge of last night? Or am I going to put myself in Pratt of the Week? No, he was in charge of last night. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So I just yeah. Again, it's a bit of like. Some of the obvious calls get mixed, missed, and just uh, I, it's just I put PGMLO again because over the sort of the weight of some of the VAR decisions that's going on now of just Nick who went to the Newcastle game was like his first time he'd really experienced it of like, and as a fan you literally don't know what's going on for three minutes for sometimes yeah. some of the most obvious calls so it just ties back to that but I just in a horrible way it feels like we're fighting a losing battle doesn't it. Well, yeah, apathy reigns. People, we've been on about this every week. We've been talking about it from the very start of the podcast, and it, and and you know, we might be becoming a silencer voice uh, in this, but we're not going to stop. Uh, VAR is is broken. Uh, I was talking to Watto actually. He went to watch Blues on Friday night, then he went to watch Villa on Saturday, and he said the Blues game was better, even though the quality of the football wasn't, because you sat there, <laughs> you sat there, not knowing what's going on three or four times a game, 
for a couple of minutes while they sort out the VAR stuff. And for the match going fan, it's absolutely terrible. I said, well, it's terrible for the TV watching fan as well. The bottom line is a game without VAR is better to watch. Now that is a dis- that yeah. is a stain on the game that the Premier League don't seem to want to solve. We've got the best league in the world, but it could be better and should be better because VAR doesn't work. Offside's not fit for purpose. Uh, the Saka goal uh, against Fulham, we didn't even get to see the lines till at least half time. Uh, the handball system is broken. We know about that. The red card system is broken. And now they've got this stupid, bloody um, 10 minutes being added on the end of the game, which is leading directly to more injuries. And then on top of that, you've got the descent rule, which is why I think Anthony Taylor should be in there as well, because he um, gave yellow cards out yesterday for descent. But, you know, in the Man United game, Gibbs White maybe should have got a red for his foul on Evans, grabs the ball, starts shouting at the referee. That's descent. So, again, it's just this... And, it, and Taylor and Oliver seem to be the two referees that like to book people for a descent. Is that because they've got egos and they don't like being, you know, challenged? Because loads of referees aren't doing anything about descent. And in fact, if they were doing things about descent, we'd get two or three yellow card, two or three red cards a game. So it's just um, the organisation is just so badly run. The PGMOL, like it's, they 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 bring in ideas all the time and never seem to solve them. Um, yeah, I mean, there was my my third option, but I think it almost falls into VAR because it's. I wanted to mention the the um, well, Anthony Taylor, I think, was the referee for the Sheffield United game when the penalties weren't given uh, for Villa. But the Man City mm-hmm. Everton game, there's a backstory to this. Last season, they Everton got an apology, um, or maybe it was the season before. Um, but it was uh, Rodri handball didn't give it uh, man city won the game one nil oh, penalty, yeah, yeah. penalty wasn't given apology uh, it's amazing how coincidence happens isn't it but everton should be getting another apology for the anana handball where you know how is that a penalty and then it's not a penalty in other games and i'm like and also the fact we talk about descent man city players running around the referee like hands in the air oh it is a penalty now they're saying it's because the linesman gave it but you know if I, I my advice to every Premier League club would be if it's half a penalty now, run around with your hands in the air, in the eye line of the officials, and you might get a decision. And it, and it's just it's disgusting because that that's a game that Man City may well have gone on to win, but it certainly gave them the result with that penalty. And I'm like, you know, it's just incredibly bad how inconsistent they are, and and the handball rule is just out of control it's out of control and and they, they, these are title games these are games that are going to dictate the title again and uh yeah i, I just think in, as we go into 2024 you could argue it's actually getting worse i don't i don't want to see it switched off that's not going to happen but and it, in a way that makes it worst will because if you switch it off you admit defeat but if you actually do what needs to be done and improve it and make it work, that can be done tomorrow, but they don't seem to want to do it. Yeah, but that's the simple thing, isn't it? Just do that and, uh, that you know, get the offside rule in from UEFA, tidy up the decision-making around... I almost Campbell. think we should have, for, yeah, for, like, uh, foul stuff, we should have, um, like, appeals or three flags like they have in... or two flags like they had in, in NFL. And for, like, non-goal line decisions... Offside, that's fine. But anything else, you've sort of got three chances. And if you've blown it, you've blown it. And it sort of speeds the game up a little bit more. But you know what? All this technology they can't use and they still haven't got the bloody technology to see if a ball's gone out. Look at the West Ham Arsenal game. 
Yeah. And that's that's just a GoPro oh. in the fucking in, in the corner flag in, in the corner flag and in the book in the goalpost. Oh, we haven't got that. We don't know. We, we can't tell. Ben Foster does that. But I think as we go into 2024, we can't let them off the hook. I still think uh, VAR, PGMOL, collectively, handballs, no penalties, um, dissent, yellow cards, just out of control. You're damaging the title race factually. I put them as VAR, PGMOL, Premier League officiating. You're Pratt of the Week. You're a Pratt, he's a Pratt, she's a Pratt, they're whiny. Now it's time for Pratt of the Week. One, two, three... What's next, Will? There we go. Uh, it's time for the quiz, Mark. Uh, oh. We've had a bit of a Christmas break from the quiz. Personally, I didn't feel like I was doing very well. I was sort of very easily rattled. You'd say French League. I'd crumble. So I've yeah. gone away. Uh, I've gone to one of them, sort of gone to the desert. I've been naked uh, in a yoga position uh, and sweating oh, the fear off me. So I'm ready to come back and win the quiz. What's the scores? I have it as me, four, you, five. Well, that's a bit closer than I thought, but uh, fine. Absolutely fine. I've got a good one this week. Uh, you, I'm not going to no, say... No, sorry, it's sorry, sorry, sorry. It's me, five. You, Goldbridge, five. Me, three. The last one was a draw. There we go. He's trying to get extra points, you see. Uh, the chat would have told him that. So it's five, three to me. Um, I think you'll get this one. I, I enjoyed doing this one because it was how to do it to make it not so easy. But uh, here we go. Um, I won the Premier League with Manchester United, scoring five goals in my Man United mm. career. Dennis Irwin. Oh, no, he no. took penalties, didn't he? A bit. No. Um, so I won the Premier League with Manchester United. Clue two, I played for Real Madrid. Now, I know what you want me to do here. Scoring five goals. He obviously scored more than five goals. Oh, I played for Man United scoring five goals. Hmm. Ah, see, now I... See, you didn't say that. And he won the Premier I'm going to go for... Is it Michael Owen? Oh, he's got it. Well done. Yes. I shouldn't have added in nice the five try. goals. Nah, I shouldn't have added the five goals. No, I think that worked. I think five goals worked. Well, because you got it right. Look, well, look, these were the clues. It was I added the five goals in. I shouldn't have done it. It was won Premier League with United, played for Real Madrid, won the Golden Oof. Boots twice in the Premier League. Yeah, scored eighty nine goals for England. Debut for Liverpool at seventeen. Yeah, I made that too easy. No, I, I made feel, that too easy. I, I think before Christmas, I'd have absolutely gone down the well there. You'd have taken me with you, and I'd have been lost. But I'm really proud of having a. Christmas break and maybe drinking more often will serve me well. Yep, he's he's. I'm I'm, I'm probably going to lose a point here because I've got to get it on clue two, um, which I probably won't do. So uh, there we go. He's got it, well, Michael Owen. Don't don't write yourself off. Here we okay. go. Clue number one. I played two hundred and fifty six times for Manchester United, scoring ten times for the club. You're a bastard. Why do you have to bring Man United in it? Because then when I get it. Wrong. They'll go, oh, look at him. He's a Forest fan. Um, okay, so 200 and something games. How many goals? Just the 10. It's not a goalie then. Um, I <laughs> I would Michael say... A few times. This could be a midfielder. I'm going to go with 250 games. Mm, that's always a difficult sort of area there as well. Lovely number uh, of appearances. Oh, 10 goals, 250 games. Klinchelskis. 
Incorrect. Clue number two, and I have been generous here, and this was pre you doing yours. So clue number two is, I also played for Reading, Bournemouth and Sunderland. Uh, who went to Sunderland? I, I can't wait to go visual because the the looks on Mark's face is counting it out with his fingers there. How many clubs? Three clubs. Fun for the first club. Index finger. Well, is he there's a few players that went to Sunderland with, well, uh, I think Johnny Evans went there. O'Shea went there. Lee, I think Liam Miller went there. Um, Roy Keane went there, but he didn't play for Reading or Bournemouth. Oh, Reading. Shay, John O'Shea. You've just earned yourself a draw. Oh, get it. What a start. How have I done that? There's the Reading thing. The Reading thing. Yeah. He managed them as I well, knew didn't you're, he? Uh, uh, he was a coach there. Also a coach at Blues, as of recording, still in the job. The other three clues were currently the Republic of Ireland assistant coach. Clue number oh, yeah. four was a once nutmegged Lewis Figo. And clue number five, one of my favourite goals of all time. I once scored a delicious chip against yeah. Arsenal in a famous away win at Highbury. I'd have got it on the coach, Republic of Ireland, because uh, I know you were talking about him when he went to Blues a few weeks ago. But uh, oh, that's, I'll tell yeah. you what, I'm very surprised to get a draw out of that. Very surprised. Yeah. That's a very competitive start to what's now been known as Footballer Guess Who. Brilliant. Absolutely. Like, I was love just that. leading up to a, a song there, but I've not done one. I'll have a think with Greg tomorrow and I'll get a Football Guess, Guess Who, who? song going. Knowing me, knowing. Yeah, nice. Well, if Abba wouldn't do us for uh, copyright, knowing me, knowing you, and it's very Alan Partridge, which I get all the time. So yeah, yeah, we're not doing that. We're not doing a do that. Oh really? But but let us know songs that could work around Guess Who. I bet there's loads. Yeah. Who do you think you are, Spice Girls? Think you are? I said a who. Yeah, nice. Yeah, you you doing the vocals for that? That would be good. Yeah. Okay, I'll have a crack at that tomorrow. They won't hit us with a copyright strike. They're all doing well for money. Maybe Sporty. Yeah. She's a bit hard up. Saw her in a tracksuit the other day down uh, down Poundland. That's a thing, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, Sporty Spice, yeah. She's still wearing the tracksuits. They're still rocking the gimmick. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, look, what a, what a, what a, a monumentous return to the podcast. Great that we're back. Uh, I like the Tuesday one. It's more topical and in-depth, but we've, of course, got the Friday show. FA Cup weekend as well. We will talk about the FA Cup a bit. We're not snobby here. It is a football. Uh, and I've got to say, Will, looking Great ahead to that. as well. Yeah, just, just get in the comments as well, because it'll be too late when the show comes out to talk about the FA Cup, but we can actually bring some of your comments in. What are your thoughts and memories on the FA Cup? Because the FA Cup, to me, we're going to talk about that, but we're going to do our Premier League team of the season. That'll be the big feature, but we will feature the FA Cup. And there's some big games, as we mentioned, Newcastle, Sunderland, Liverpool actually play Arsenal, um, Spurs, Burnley, Man United play Wigan. Um, i tell you what, the- Mark. Sorry to interject, but get yourself down to Shrewsbury versus Wrexham. An absolute humdinger of a derby. Not many people know about it unless you're from the area. I was told Shrewsbury Town Centre could go off on Sunday just before two o'clock. I'll be there. I'll be there with a flair. But the reality is this FA Cup, Will, is... um, I've always loved the FA Cup. I mean, the thing that... um, My memories as a young football fan was all... The FA Cup was was the thing, whether it was Liverpool, Wimbledon, Spurs against Coventry and... You, know, you were there for um, that Stanley Matthews final, weren't you? Not quite. But it's lost its glamour. But actually, this year, 
I think the third round always has more glamour than the fourth and the fifth anyway. And, and they even do a midweek one now, don't they? Which I think is a disgrace. But when you look at it, it's a big. It's, it's been won by big teams for many years. And Newcastle, Manchester United, Chelsea, Villa probably won't take it as seriously, actually, because they were in the Conference League and they're in the top four. But there are, there are a collection of clubs where the FA Cup is almost their last chance saloon. Certainly Newcastle... Man United, I know Chelsea are in the Carabao Cup, but there'll be there'll be teams taking this very very seriously. Um, and I think I, th- in 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 the in the context of saving football, I almost want to plead to teams like Everton, Crystal Palace, Brentford, you know, all these teams in the bottom half, Bournemouth, take it seriously for God's sake. Fulham, you know, they always they're the teams that seem to put their reserves out, and I'm like. Take it seriously, for the love of God. Fulham winning an FA Cup, why not? Well, also, yeah, as you know, unless you're a top six fan or you've got this wealth that's coming into you and you're going to be going on for years and years to come, that football is made for days. Like the fan base mm. at Birmingham have had nothing to shout about, but the fact we beat Arsenal in the Carling Cup 2011, that's a day that will live in history forever and the fans can dine on forever. It's like you need those moments and the fact that so many clubs neglect that. I also as well think the TV schedulers need to be so much better because Thursday, if you want to strap yourselves in for Crystal Palace Everton on ITV4, I mean, good God almighty. There's so many like non-league teams, lower league teams that have got great narratives and stories and they just won't be featured because we're going to have to watch Tottenham Burnley on Friday night. Well, Burnley ain't going to be fucking bothered. Tottenham will roll them over. And mm. even for like some of the ones where they've picked like high championship, I think, it's, is it Middlesbrough Villa? Yeah, Middlesbrough Villa. Well, it'd be good, but you know, Middlesbrough are more focused on the league as are Villa as well. So yeah, I think it needs to be done by the TV companies to focus on the, the special stories and, and do their job and tell those stories. I understand why some championship clubs don't take it seriously because they play 46 games and then you've got to go on a cup run and that could be massive, massively in, if you're in the playoffs mix, which most of them are. But I think that if you are a Crystal Palace or a Fulham, and you know, you're never going to get in the top eight. So this is a way into Europe. It's a way to win a trophy. And you're not in a relegation battle because Luton, Sheffield United and Burnley are in the league this year. So just take it seriously. Like, take it seriously. I mean, I don't, I don't know why they don't. They, they, they just don't seem to bother with it. And I think it's um, the fans of those clubs would bloody love a cup run. You know, Fulham beat Arsenal at the weekend. Well done. But you're going to finish mid-table. Like, have a cup run. Make it exciting. Come on. Let's save football. Let's get everybody having a go in the cup. Apart from Man City. Yeah. Leave it. Put the reserves out, Pep. It's not worth it. Do you want to go in the cup? What cup? The FA Cup. Do you want Man United to have a go in the cup? 100%. It's all we've got left, Will. It's all we've got We're left. We're going away. Bloody hell. That'd be a die day if you lose that. Yeah, that, that's just that's 6-0 or we lose 1-0. Or they get a replay at Old Trafford, yeah. which is even more embarrassing. Do we have replay in the third round? Get rid of that. Uh, I think FA, the, the third round still has a replay, doesn't it? I think oh, they Cup. need to get rid third of that. Round. No, come on now. That's Replays in the third and fourth round are set to be scrapped this season. No, so they're still here, yeah. Mm. Anyway, on but, that bombshell, let's yeah. end the podcast. It's great to be back. We're back on Friday at the normal time of 7 a.m. Obviously, a little bit later today because of New Year's Day. We uh, didn't want to do it on New Year's Day, so we did it this morning. 
and uh, we'll be out uh, at normal time on Friday. Give us a follow. Get your comments in. There's lots to comment in on there um, if you've been listening properly and uh, lots to come in 2024. Really excited about it, aren't we, Will? Yes, very looking forward to it. Lots of big plans. Some more guests. We'll be here, there and everywhere. Uh, Viva La Podcast and all that ride with us. Hopefully a tour as well. There you go. I've hinted at something. Speak to you all later. Take care. Mm-hmm.